friends. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective virtual event. My name is Samantha Siemens and I am your host. I am thrilled to be here with you today and to also introduce you to my friend, Natalie. And today we are going to have a conversation um, around just experiencing God's creative comfort in grief. Healthy grief um, processing goes beyond just coping. And so Natalie here is going to share our, her story and share some practical things that we can implement. I'm super excited for you to just lean in. Natalie is a wife, a bereaved mother, speaker, and author. She speaks on the Christian grief experience and how the bereaved can have a fulfilling and comforting grief journey. Natalie has authored a line of faith-based grief journals called Journey to Comfort, available on Etsy and Amazon, and we'll talk about that after, as well as a book called Creative Comfort to be released in fall of 23. She and her husband, Jesse, reside in the Nashville metro area. They enjoy leading their church's young adults group, spending time with their extended family, and pickleball. How fun. Thank you so much, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this. So excited. Um, We are going to just dig in, Natalie, and if you will start with sharing your story. Yeah, definitely. So like you said, who I am, I am a wife and a bereaved mom. Uh, My husband, Jesse, and I had a son named Graham who passed away in 2016, just suddenly in, in the middle of the night. And so you can imagine, you know, the past several years, we've been walking through grief together as a couple. Um, as parents and also as believers. And I really, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was creative comfort. And I think first you have to address, you know, kind of the theological questions that come up when something really comes out of left field and interrupts your life. You know, what do you do with God? I know your goodness. And if you've grown up in Christianity, if you've grown up in faith, you know God's goodness, you've experienced God good, God's goodness, but something comes out of left field and you know it's not just, oh, I didn't get a raise or that person doesn't like me. We're talking, we're talking about life-altering stuff. And of course, we have that hope of heaven. We know that we're gonna see him again. But I think the real question for us is what do we do now? How how do we involve God in our grief? And I think that's that's sort of where the rubber meets the road for any believer when something happens in life that just pulls the rug out from under you. And maybe it was a loss like mine. You know, obviously I'm talking about, you know, physical grief, loss of a loved one, but maybe it was also, you know, your innocence was stolen. Maybe it was a sudden divorce or a terminal illness diagnosis, you know, something traumatic that happened to you, how do you walk in the tension of knowing God's promises, but circumstances just aren't lining up with that? And I think that's a super difficult thing to process historically for Western Christianity, you know, because you see it over and over again, either people have this, you know, deconstruction, self-destructing side, or we go into this hyper-faith mode where we pretend like we don't feel any pain, or sometimes we can even take on this broken theology that paints God to be something that he's, he's not. So I think my breakthrough moment in all of, all of the grieving and, you know, just even the circumstances of how he passed. And I was actually out of, 
out of the country when it happened on a business trip. So it was literally our worst, it was our worst nightmare come to life. And so in the process of just, you know, thinking through that and like, and just allowing God to minister, I realized that it wasn't about him fixing my grief or making it go away, but understanding that he promises something deeper than grief. And I think one of the old, well, old, one of the OG scriptures that most Christians can recite by heart is Matthew 5, 4. And it says, blessed are you who mourn because you're going to be comforted. And what that tells me is it's not about, it's not about making grief go away. It's about receiving something from the Lord that's meant to be medicine. And in order to receive that, we actually need to mourn for real. So I think that was kind of what cracked the dam for me in this whole journey. And I had to learn first how I was supposed to mourn. Yeah. Yeah. You listed some examples of how we sort of cope with mourning or cover it up. And I know for me, in my story, I've done both of just ignoring it and just being so busy that you just get over it. Or mm-hmm. I've used food or whatever to cope with it, right? And so, but you're yeah. talking actually walking through the morning. That yes, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what what happened was I started reading the word because in in a moment where it's just like you you are at the foundation of who you are as a human. It's like all the junk has been washed away. You know, you, you are just, you are at the basics of life. And I started to read the Bible, not as like, Oh, this is, you know, edifying it. It became my life. And I started reading books like Job and Psalms specifically. It's like, God gave me new eyes and it helped me to know like, God, what is allowed for me as I'm mourning? Because as you know, growing up in church and faith and I never wanted to be disrespectful for him. So to him, so generally I would kind of hide my negative emotions from him. And I would be like, okay, God, you know, I'm I'm trusting you. I'm standing in faith, but Psalms really opened up my eyes to see, you know what, there, there's a lot more allowed in that relationship with him than I really realized. And Psalm, there's one Psalm in particular, Psalm 88 where it says something to the effect of, Lord, you have forsaken me. Darkness is my only friend. (laughs) And before loss, you kind of glaze over it. You're like, oh, this is nice poetry. But like, not only did someone say that to God, which before going through grief, I couldn't even imagine, but it ended up in the Bible as an example for us. So he always meant for us to take our deepest, darkest emotions to him and then wait on him to answer us. And then when you realize also that God didn't smite that person right there and then, that there's a lot more allowed in our relationship with God, a lot more grace than we think. And I think it's supposed to be this release for us emotionally. And it's also supposed to be an opportunity for him to pour out his his very real intangible comfort like he promises. I never thought of that. I mean, yes, I've read it, not obviously from the context of a grieving mother, but I've read over it and I just thought to the author, 
or David or whoever the other author is that like, mm-hmm. oh man, he's going through it. And like, it must be rough, but I never thought that, yes, God still included that in the Bible. And it wasn't right. for David or whoever the author was. It was for us so that we could see this process and this relationship that he's having with God. That's right. Yeah. So cool. And I think that we oftentimes, um, think our relationship has to be pretty and perfect and, or at least good. Like it needs to be good because we know that God's good. And so our relationship should be good, but I don't really right. know any relationship in human form, wife, children, friends, parents, whatever it is, that is just always good. Always like fun and happy. Right. And good. Smooth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he, he wants us to be real. And I think that's one of the things my mother-in-law always said to me, you know, we need to deal in truth. And mm-hmm. even if the truth is unpleasant, you know, if you're struggling, we have to be honest about that. If you're, if you're grappling with, with theological questions after something just went really wrong, like that's, it's okay. But where we run to is the most important thing. And I think I think we need to take the limits off and say, God, in the context of my relationship with you, I'm running to you with this. You know, I'm not taking it to Sister Josie on the second row and not to say, you know, counseling is good. Therapy is good. Do all the things. But ultimately, our first responsibility, our our first outlet should be to him because Mm -hmm. he actually knows what to do with it. And and he knows that. We need deep ministry, but it starts in that place of truth. And there's, there's biblical precedent for that. So ultimately that's what I walked away from Job. I was like, you know, Job, Job was a man. He had, he suffered tremendously and he, he was re- you know, there was a redemption that happened in his life. That was tremendous. But at the end of the day, the children that he lost were still lost. You know, yeah. what do you, that that's not easy that knowing the goodness of God, experiencing the goodness of God, and then walking through just real sad things in life is just, it's, it's something that we were always meant to walk through with him. But I guess kind of transitioning into creative comfort. I think, I think when I, when I started relating to God in that way, from that place of truth, and I decided I wasn't going to hide anything from him, that I was going to pour out to him. I was going to vent all of my emotions to him. And then I was going to wait on him to minister to me. I think I was expecting, oh, this is going to be great release. But I think what surprised me most is how close I felt him come to me in those moments. It was like, it was like these the skin to skin, breath to breath moments where I felt him. Not to get too flowery with language, you know, <laughs> but you, I could just feel his presence wash over me, and he would speak. I mean, such kind, wonderful words to me, and it was the first time, or one of the first times, where I really, I always knew God was my father. But I, in those moments, I really felt him fathering me and I absolutely received something in those moments that, that brought deep comfort in my soul. 
So then out of that, like, I think what really surprised me is he kind of, he kind of broadened the span of, of his comfort because I was, I was, you know, getting mine in those one-on-one times with, with him and really feeling like we were, like I was health, healthfully processing grief, but we were also part of, you know, a wonderful community and I also noticed that he would just start reaching out through different people very creatively with his comfort. And I'll, rem- I'll never forget, I was in a service. This was a couple of months after Graham passed away. And I, in those services, we would have worship, there would be a message, and then there would be just this open call for anybody to come receive prayer. So I remember going up after service. It wasn't about grief. It was it was more kind of my own personal amen to to what had just been preached. And I remember this prayer minister. This uh, woman came up to me and she was praying. Kind of she was praying about what the message was about, and that went on for probably about thirty five or thirty to forty five seconds. But then I remember suddenly she switched gears and she said, I command right now in the name of Jesus, every, every knot in your stomach to be released. And what she didn't know is that I had been fighting nausea ever since Graham had passed. And it was really difficult for me to eat. And I was losing a lot of weight that I wasn't supposed to be losing. And so for someone to address something that wasn't even on my mind as I was going up there was just not only God addressing what Mm -hmm. I was dealing with, but I think the overarching thing for me was that he saw me and he cared about that thing. And to me, it was this little thing. Um, But from that point on, I was able to eat with no problems. And there are like million other examples. Um, and one more I'll just talk about, but there was this woman who we went to church with and I kid you not, every time we went anywhere, we saw her, we would be in a restaurant. We would be in, you know, some, some convenience store. We would be in a convenience store 40 minutes away from our house and we would see her there. And this woman, we kind of joke about it, but every time we saw her, she would have a word for us. She would have a prayer for us. She would speak a blessing over Jesse and I. And then one day, Jesse and I went out to eat somewhere just randomly. And we were sitting outside and we were kind of talking through those theological questions, you know, like, did God take Graham? Did, you know, was it the devil? Did we open a door or something? Like what, what happened to him? And out of the corner of my eye, as we're chatting, I see this woman walking towards us, just beelining to us. And um, she, she comes up to us. She says, hey, you know, we started lightly talking about stuff. She asked how we were, were doing. She obviously, you know, knew about Graham and all that, all that happened. And she randomly said, she randomly said, the enemy has no place in your lives. Graham belonged to the Lord. And Mm. that was another moment where we, it it was about the, the act and, and again, addressing the question or the need that we had in that moment. But again, it was like this creative out of left field where God says, I see you, I'm involved, I care. 
And um, so it's just, there's just different things in our storyline that we've been able to point back to and say, you know what, God, you, you outdid yourself. And it's because we wanted, we decided we wanted to involve him as much as we possibly could in our grief journey and not hide it from him. But what, what amazing things happen when we involve him is he's, he's able to be the creative, surprising, overwhelmingly good God that he is. And this grief journey has just been full of those stories. And that's something that I actually talked in my book too, which is going to be called creative comfort because <laughs> I want, I want people, especially believers to understand that we were we were meant for more than just coping. Yeah. We were meant to have these rich, life-giving grief journeys. And that doesn't mean the grief goes away. The hard thing didn't happen. You know, we're not like circumstance deniers, but we're saying, you know what? Be that what it may, Lord, I'm inviting you in and I know you know what to do with it. And that has been absolutely our experience these past past seven years. And what a huge testimony, a walking, living testimony to everyone else around you, to the outside world. Like you don't, yes, you preach the gospel, but like, you don't have to preach the gospel because you're tangibly doing it with your life. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. denying things, you're <laughs> accepting things, but you're walking with the Lord in a way that is back in the garden, like is a way that he designed for us originally. And yes. I feel in my spirit too, like grief list. So for those ladies listening to grief, doesn't just have to be lost. Like Natalie mentioned this too. It doesn't have to just be a loss of a child or a spouse or a loved one. It, it can be something done to you. It can be a circumstance that broke your heart. Like grief has so many layers. And so I feel like the enemy would try and have us um, rate, you know, like our grief in a way that like, oh man, that's really bad. So how does that person walk through that? And mine isn't that bad. So I'll just hold on to mine or mm. this thing happened to me and it was an awful situation. And so I don't want anyone to know I'm ashamed of it. Like, I want you to hear me when I say that the Lord desires freedom in a way that Natalie is talking about for you regardless of what the situation is, good, bad, yeah. ugly, tragic, happened to you, not happened to you. Like he desires this relationship with you and the Lord doesn't categorize our grief. He doesn't put us on different pedestals or levels. He wants mm -hmm. intimacy and, des and desires like this relationship with you. And I love that Natalie, you shared the different ways that he just was a tangible, like he's a good father and he's a loving father, but like tangibly, seeing you and being with you and you didn't even present the stomach issues to you, but he knew that you were dealing with it because you invited him into all of the process. Like what a beautiful testimony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's so important. You know, we, we all, we often talk ourselves out of feeling certain ways or yeah. we talk to ourselves and said, you know what? I shouldn't, like you said, I shouldn't feel that way or it's not as bad as blah, blah, blah. But God, God didn't create everyone the same. Mm -hmm. And there are things going on in your heart. It's always going to be different than somebody else. You know, two people could go through the exact same circumstance 
and feel completely differently about it, you know, or be completely affected differently by it. But I think the biggest thing is just being real and saying, God, this is, this is where I'm at. And you know what, being honest and saying, you could even say, I don't like where I'm at. I feel like I should be beyond where I'm at. But at the same time, this is, this is truth. And I want to, I want to approach you, Lord, in truth. We have to be real with our struggles and our disappointments, our hurts, our questions, our anger. But the amazing thing is, is that we can go to the Lord to it. We could go to the Lord with it and we can make it an offering to him. And he always knows what to do with it. So sweet. Natalie, what do you have for the women who are listening and maybe they're in the middle of their grief or they're walking through a season where it feels heavy and, and that, how do they get to sort of the next thing, the next step, if you will? Mm-hmm. So I would say, start, you know, start with that place of truth, be real about how you're doing and, and approach him, approach him with that. And if you need help with verbiage, with wording, you know, I, I don't know if anybody else really struggled with that, but in the very beginning, I was like, I don't really know how to say this stuff, God. And to be honest, to be honest, so much came out in groans. And I just, I mean, I remember going into my son's room and bringing a pillow (laughs) because I knew I was going to scream into that pillow. And we lived in a townhome. We had neighbors. (laughs) And so I knew I was going to scream crying out to the Lord in that pillow. And it's okay to go there. Or I would take, go out on a drive, you know, go somewhere where you can be absolutely, you can absolutely unload. And if you feel hindered, if you feel like there are obstacles in front of you that are preventing you from, from doing this journey with God, talk about it, yell it out. I mean, there's really no limits. And I think when we can just unload and unleash everything in us without feeling like we have to talk ourselves out of it, Like number one, that's so important. He will absolutely meet you there. He's not going to leave you in that place of frustration. He's not going to leave you in that place of pain, but we have to be determined not to settle for like theoretical truth. Like, God, I know you're good in my head. I know you're a comforter in my head. Therefore that should be good enough for me. And I shouldn't be dealing with, or, or God, I know my loved one is in heaven or I know like all things work together for the good of those who love you. So that should be good enough for me. But there is something that has to happen in our own hearts to make that revealed truth that actually changes us. So I would say that's step number one, like like emphasize that in your relationship with God. And then secondly, I would say, just take your hands off the steering wheel of how you feel like God should comfort you. So for instance, I had a lot of ideas of, oh, God, it'd be really great, you know, if you just showed me a sign or if you did thus and so. But I got to a point eventually where I was like, you know what, Lord, I am placing this this whole thing, my whole life, all of me into your hands. Honestly, I don't care what you do. (laughs) I don't care what you do. Just you be you. And I am going to do my, vet, my best to invite you in to 
all of this and be willing to be surprised. Um, Don't feel like you always have to know what's going on. So that's what I would say is number two. And then number three, something that was a big game changer for us. And we, thankfully, we were already in an amazing body of believers and they really understood the concept of grieving with those who grieve and rejoicing with those who rejoice. And so I've, I've heard all kinds of, you know, it breaks your heart, but you hear all these horror stories of, of people. They're just, they're not, they're not cared for well when they're Mm -hmm. going through traumatic things. And so I would say if you, if that is you, there is a people out there, there is a community for you and seek out that community. Like for Jesse and I, community is worth moving for. And we have moved for community. Um, But, you know, we move from our lives in other states to Kansas City. Like we, we're not afraid to put the wheels under us and say, we need to put ourselves in the right uh, community. So just understand that there's an element of your com- of comfort that happens in a healthy body of believers and don't be afraid to seek them out. They exist. They're out there for you and, and ask the Lord to guide you to the right people. So good. So good. Yes. And the cliche of we weren't meant to do life alone. This is one of those circumstances where we don't have to, whether it's women just feeding you or people feeding you or just sitting and crying with you or listening or doing my laundry. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. That we should be there and be the hands and feet of Jesus is absolutely prevalent. And honestly, I feel like it's one of the cool things of the internet that no, it's not always in person. Like I have several friends that I would deem very close that I've never actually met in person, but they give me the support awesome. and the security you know, and there are groups for each sort of grieving issue, which is a yeah. club you never want to be a part of, I guess, but they're yeah. there and ready to walk through things with you, which is, which is so amazing about the internet now. Yeah. It's Natalie, so true. <laughs> I, um, I love this. I wonder if you can give the woman who's listening, who clicked on this for whatever reason and is listening to our conversation just a word of encouragement and hope. Yeah. So I would say that if you have felt discouraged in your journey of healing, I think sometimes we kind of look at ourselves or we look at God and we're like, what, you know, what gives what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my relationship with God? You know, why, why isn't God giving me what I need? And I think, I think it all comes down to just communicating with him and, and again, just coming from that place of truth and saying, God, you know, I'm disappointed. I am so disappointed or I'm, I'm embarrassed that this, that this is a, an issue for me or that I'm still grappling with this. But as long as you, as long as you are grappling with it and you're determined to do that with the Lord then he is going to lead you to the place where you need to go in him and in your grief journey. So just, I would say, just grab more firmly onto him. If you need to get counselors and mentorship around you to kind of walk through questions, 
I think that's another thing. Like we, we sometimes feel like we, we shut down our own questions because they're just too painful to contemplate. It's easier just to push it down, pretend like they don't exist. But again, God meant for us to ask these questions and to, to wrestle things out with him. And don't be afraid of that wrestle. Don't be afraid to just, to just really duke it out with God. If I'm honest, just bring your whole self to him and then let him do with you what he wills. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which saying it is easier than doing it, but I love that you've shown us tangible ways that he's come through for you. And God isn't a respecter of persons and the way that what he's done for Natalie and her personal in personal ways to her, he will do to you in personal ways that Absolutely. Are, are personal to you. Right. And so yes. you've given us hope that because he's taking care of you in the most intimate of ways that he can then, and will do that for us when we do this. And so absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing your story. Thank you for, um, allowing us into the deepest parts of your story and for also bringing hope to this conversation and just showing us that God can creatively comfort us and grief. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I love being on. Appreciate it. Yeah. So friends, before we wrap up, I want to know, Natalie, where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Can I blow up your inbox with DMs because you're so awesome? All the things. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't have a website or anything. That's something that I'll probably get to working on in the future. But for now, you can find me on Instagram uh, under the handle My Comfort Journey. And I post a lot of comforting content there and just kind of these sort of insider looks into just processing and, and also how God wants to minister to to each of us personally and creatively. Um, and then I also have an Etsy store where I sell uh, grief journals. And I actually have one here that I can show. I was just talking to you about it, Samantha, but uh, it's called Journey to Comfort. And there are several different designs, but it's a guided journal. So it has writing prompts in it. It has some of the most inspiring and comforting scriptures that minister to me and also quotes in there that minister to me in my grief journey. Um, so you can find those in Etsy and that's in my Lincoln bio in my comfort journey on Instagram. Perfect. And we will be dropping these links below this video down here as well. And then Pretty soon, you will see on Abundant Woman when Natalie's book release, we will be sharing it and you can grab a copy of that in a few months too. Awesome. Thank you.